welcome to another episode of Talking with Bungie, the Death by Bungie podcast. It is Easter Sunday, April 12, 2020. We are in the midst of an epidemic. You probably have heard something about that, the coronavirus epidemic. But nonetheless, Food plottery is right around the corner. What is food plottery? That is the term that Bungie and I have bestowed upon the practice and art of creating food plots. I love food plottery. I do not practice nearly as much of it anymore as I should, but I still have a happy spot in my heart for food plots. I love it. And I hope that if you enjoy that sort of thing, I hope that you are taking part in that. This is April. This is a good time to get your supplies around. Some people have already sent me messages on Facebook, pictures of their food plots from Alabama, from South Carolina, where their food plots are eight inches tall already, green and lush. I don't even have leaves on the trees yet here in northeastern Pennsylvania. Now, part of me says, look, I'm living in the wrong part of the world. I'm living up here where we are months behind other parts of the world. It gets dark earlier here still than it does in those parts of the world. Plus, we still don't have any leaves. It's still not really spring yet. But then again, I don't have chiggers to contend with. I don't have fire ants to contend with. So, you know, there's you take the good with the bad, right? I want to talk to you a little bit. Because you're getting your stuff around, getting ready for putting in those food plots, those spring food plots, you're getting ready to go out there, and as soon as it gets green and lush and you get about a few inches of three, four inches of growth on those food plots of all those weeds, you're going to spray it. You're going to spray those food plots with glyphosate, with Roundup, kill those weeds, come back shortly thereafter, till that, and go ahead and plant, and you're going to have the greatest spring food plots ever. Maybe that is your plan. I, this time of year, when I was heavy into the food plot business, I would be frost seeding clover seeds a month or two ago, putting those on the ground good, getting that stuff out there covered, throwing my fertilizer on top of that, my 21040, so it's real heavy on the potassium so that the clover can really soak that up, real light on the nitrogen. That way, the weeds and grasses don't get fed. That's the theory, right? The idea behind it. That is the death by bungee food plot method because I love clover. Clover is king in my book. So you get that going and you really don't need to just be spraying the glyphosate. To, if you've planted a fall plot, you wouldn't need that glyphosate on there. But nonetheless, you can sprinkle the clover seeds after spraying glyphosate. After you get a good burn down with a glyphosate, you can come back the following week if the grass is not too tall and before a good soaking rain, you can go through there and you can spread those seeds and they will grow just fine. They will spring right up and you'll have a nice lush green clover food plot. You can do this sort of technique, you know, and you've got this food plot stuff down. There are plenty of different methods for food plots and pretty much all of them work if you do it right. Okay, we don't need to get real picky on how you install the food plots. You know how I know? Because deer will eat just about anything that's on the menu. So do a good job, get a bunch of that food out there, and those deer will reward you with their presence. Don't worry about that. Roundup becomes inert when it hits the soil. What does that mean? Basically, you spray it on those plants. Those plants absorb it. They drink it up as they are growing during the day. That's why you want to spray it in the morning. 
on a nice dry morning if possible before an, on a nice sunny day before the sun comes out. Spray that stuff out there and let them soak it up, drink it up. And throughout the day, they think it's food and they start absorbing it. And then at the end of the day, they die. That's what Roundup does. That does not work on human beings. It is something designed to affect a plant's structure, not a human being's structure. Some of that Roundup falls past the plants and gets into the soil, but becomes inert very quickly. That's the science. That is generally accepted. The end result is it can't affect the plant anymore. It can't affect you once it becomes in gets in the, gets on the soil. By the time you harvest that crop, by the time the deer no longer smell Roundup, because remember, you spray it on there, the deer come in, they're not going to eat those plants. Those plants smell bad. They've got Roundup on them. The deer are going to pick that up. A week later, when the smell is gone, the plant is dead. So the deer aren't going to come in and eat it then either. They're going to go someplace else. You till it up, plant new plants, all of that Roundup is now gone because it's been mixed with the soil. It is now inert. It grows up nice, fresh, green plants, and these deer come in and they eat those plants and everybody's happy. That's generally the idea behind it. Now, the reason I'm bringing this up now is, is because that Roundup, that glyphosate last couple of years has been in the news. And there's been a lot of talk about how unsafe it is. There's been jury verdicts where they're awarding millions of dollars for cancer for people that have gotten cancer from Roundup. And I wanted to talk to you about that and sort of put it in perspective. I'm not a scientist. I'm not a doctor. I don't know anything about cancer other than what I read, just like everybody else. I am a lawyer, however. And when I see jury verdicts that are really, really big coming out of California, I get a little suspicious. You know what I'm saying? I get a little suspicious. And it is because of that that I am doing this podcast episode. I want to point out one of them, for example, the one that started all of this was a jury verdict in California where they awarded some guy $289 million because they believed his exposure to glyphosate, his exposure to Roundup caused cancer. The guy had worked as a groundskeeper for a relatively short period of time, and they had some testimony from doctors and whatnot saying, yep, his cancer was caused by his exposure to glyphosate. A jury believed that, and they awarded him $289 million. Now, why $289 million? Well, I don't know. I don't know why it's $289 million and not $20 million or and not a million and not a billion. I don't know. I don't know why they picked that number, but it is what it is. Juries, the jury system is actually a very good system. But when we start getting into the, you know, in a criminal case, like the type of law that I practice now, the jury has to believe something beyond a reasonable doubt. That means before they can say a guy is guilty, they have to be able to say without hesitating that he's guilty. Think about that. That's a pretty high standard without hesitating, he's guilty. Yep, he's the one that broke into that house. I can say that, I believe it, without even hesitating. If they hesitate, if they pause before they say he's the one that broke into that house, then the verdict has to be not guilty. That's how the criminal system works. And it's a very high standard for a reason. We don't want the risk of an innocent person being convicted. So we have this very high standard for that reason. With civil cases, that's not the case, pun intended. 
<laughs> with a civil case, they typically only have to prove more likely than not. In other words, probably, right? A little bit, you know, there's a big difference between I can say that that person's guilty without hesitation, without even pausing. It's obvious to me. There's a big difference between that and saying that it's more likely than not. Yeah, that's the guy probably who did it. A lot of people would be convicted if that were the legal standard. So we don't do that. But when we're only dealing with money, right, we're only dealing with $280 million, a little bit of sarcasm there. But when we're only dealing with money in civil cases, it's different. We have a much, much lower standard, greater than 50%. Okay. That's all it takes. So the jury in that case in California just said it was more likely than not. It was more than 50% likely that cancer was caused by glyphosate for that groundskeeper. Now, the law does not change reality. Just because laws are passed, just because jury verdicts appear, that does not change reality, the reality of how the world works. The reality is that science, and you can Google this stuff and read to your heart's content, evaluate the source just like anything else you might read on the internet. There are a billion websites out there saying how bad glyphosate is. But when you look at them, look at the web address. Look at the website name. Is it science? Is it accepted? Is it a government-related site? Is it a trustworthy news site? Or is it somebody trying to sell you essential oils? Is it someone trying to sell you vitamin supplements? Is it someone trying to sell you aromatherapy? Is it someone who is a vegan site? These are different sources. I'm not saying they're all bad, but they have an agenda. Glyphosate, Monsanto, the company that creates Roundup, it's like a dirty word for them. That's like a dirty word for them. They don't like that stuff, and they're not going to give them the time of day. Never going to give them good press, that's for sure. Evaluate the sources. But do do some research. I want to point out a few things, though, that are, that are generally true. There really is no scientific, peer-reviewed, very well-accepted studies that show that Roundup causes cancer. And they've been using Roundup for decades. Roundup isn't a new thing. It's been around a long time. There was a 2015 report by the International Agency for Research on Cancer that had a basically a statement in that report that Roundup was, quote, probably carcinogenic to humans, probably carcinogenic to humans. See how that lines up with a jury question? Probably, more likely than not, greater than 50%. Based on that, the jury had the legal ability to come up with a verdict against Monsanto, the Roundup manufacturer, because that gives them the legal grounds for it. It does not substitute for science. It just meant that the jury was legally allowed to give money to the sick guy and make it come out of somebody else's pockets, not their own. That's really what that was, right? They're taking money out of Monsanto's pockets and putting it in the pockets of the sick guy. 
That's a jury verdict. That's what that was. When you look at actual peer-reviewed studies, government-backed studies, and I'm not saying the government gets it all right. Trust me, I'm a little skeptical of the government. That's just my nature. I mentioned that in other podcasts, but it is what it is. But when you look at things like a 2018 study, a study that followed more than 50,000 people in the United States over a 10-year period, and it was a real-world study of people in agricultural communities that had high exposure to glyphosate, high exposures to Roundup, it basically came back and showed that if there was any risk of cancer from glyphosate exposure, it was exceedingly small. That's the language they used. In fact, if I remember back in 2018, I remember reading that study and or reading about that study. I don't read the studies, but uh, and not all studies are created equal. I totally get that. But basically that study, it was kind of weird because if there was any connection between glyphosate exposure and cancer in that study, it was the people who were in the fields where they used glyphosate less, they actually had a slightly higher occurrence of cancer than the people who used it the most. People who used it the most had almost no occurrence of cancer, no different from a general U.S. population. We don't know what causes cancer. Doctors don't know for sure how this stuff works, right? We're not, we're, we're at the peak of human evolution right now, but we're still living in the dark ages with a lot of these diseases. They can't give you a shot to stop the coronavirus right now. I mean, the best advice they have for you is wash your hands. Well, that's pretty good advice for everything, including glyphosate. The vast majority of studies, and you can go and read about all these, but the vast majority of them, study after study after study, and again, not all studies are created equal, I get that, but there really just isn't any consistency in them saying that you'll get cancer from Roundup. It's just not the case. A couple other points I want to point out here. I'm not going to go on forever about this stuff, but the European Union does not classify Roundup as a carcinogenic substance. The European Union, think about what that means. The European Union is kind of like California on steroids, right? <laughs> California on steroids. What do I mean by that? You ever read a label and it says, this product contains blank, which is known to cause cancer in the state of California. Well, California's got information that the rest of the world doesn't have, right? They haven't shared with the rest of us or whatever. California knows better than everybody else in the world what causes cancer. I get that cigarettes cause cancer. That's pretty accepted at this point, has been for generations, has been for decades. But when we're talking about diet soda, California, there's nothing special about California, okay? But so when I say there, it's California on steroids, if the European Union doesn't believe that Roundup causes cancer, you're probably okay because they're generally going to err on the side of caution on that kind of stuff. There's been plenty of other studies that involved animals and all that sort of thing. There was one study I remember reading about where a whole bunch of rats were given oral doses of glyphosate. They were forced to drink and consume this stuff directly, directly injecting it into their body, into their digestive system. They did this over most of their lifespan. And they these various rat studies, there were a whole bunch of them, they did not get cancer. Period. The rats did not get cancer from this. Even 
at the highest doses, the ones that were fed the highest doses, did not get cancer from it. I know there's a difference between rats and humans. I get that, you know, but this is the information that is out there. This is the information we have. You don't just go forward on a hunch. I guess the way that I would wrap this up is I want to point this out. Pretty much every meal you've ever eaten in your lifetime came in contact with glyphosate, with Roundup. Think about that. If we're worried about that stuff, if it causes cancer, pretty much everything you've ever eaten has come in contact with it. Now, this is why I say that. It is part of the agricultural scene worldwide. Farmers worldwide use this. Animals are fed food that is planted by these farmers as well. They grow a lot of corn, a lot of grain to feed the cows, to feed the chickens. And that food touched Roundup. If Roundup makes you uncomfortable, don't use it in your food plots. The downside of that is your food plots are kind of going to suck. They're going to be overrun with weeds. Roundup is the way to control those weeds and get yourself the cleanest, best-looking food plot. If you don't want to do that, by all means, if you don't feel comfortable with it, don't do it. It's, it's, this is supposed to be fun. This is food plottery. It's even got a fun name. If you don't feel like you're having fun, if it's going to worry you, if it's going to bother you, don't do it. But you're going to have to accept the consequences that your food plots aren't going to look as good. They're going to have a lot greater weed competition. And in fact, they may not even be effective, as effective. They certainly won't be as effective as they could have been had you used the Roundup and gotten a good, clean base to start your food plot on. There's other food plot methods out there right now. I get that. But I'm just throwing that out there. Do the obvious stuff if you are going to do some food plots. Don't drink the stuff, right? Obviously, don't bathe in it. Don't get it all over your hands. Wash your hands when you're done. Wash up good. Take a shower when you're done doing your food plots. Use it according to the label. Don't overuse it. Use it properly. Don't spray a little bit of it on clover just to kill the grass and let the clover survive it. Spray it in the proper amounts on the proper plots, on the proper plants. Kill grasses and weeds with it and use it for its intended purpose. Don't go tweaking it, trying to use it on your clover. That's generally a bad idea because it creates weed resistance that way. In the end, I think what will happen is Monsanto is going to settle for billions of dollars. They will settle all of these class actions on Roundup and the whole problem will go away. And here's the ridiculous part of that in the end. And this is coming from Rich the lawyer. When they paid billions of dollars... All of a sudden now, they're going to have a new fancy label on there that says you got to, you know, oh, some people, a lot of people say this causes cancer. Even though that's not the science behind it, that's what the labels will say. The world will keep going on because, again, the law can't change reality. Jury verdicts can't change reality. In the end, people will continue to use Roundup just like we always have. We'll put in our food plots, we'll grow our cornfields, we'll feed the cattle with all these crops, that sort of thing. That will continue the same as it always has. It's just going to jack up the price around up to pay off the jury verdicts, to pay off the class action settlements. When all that is said and done, life will go on the same as it always has. And what's ridiculous about it is all these folks that were out there fighting the good fight, making sure that they make the world aware how bad Roundup is, in the end, Roundup will just be 
continue to go on and be used like it always has. Because, again, the law can't change reality. It's a good product. <laughs> That's the reality. Hope you got something out of this episode of Talking with Bungie. I hope you are staying safe and healthy in these crazy times. Happy Easter. And until next time, all hail Bungie. Bungie.